This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Yash Anais. This is our preview show of Fulham versus Tottenham Hotspur at Craven Cottage on Thursday. Giannis, this is a huge match now for Fulham. And uh, let's not waste any time. We're going to do about 30, 35 minutes previewing this upcoming match. I'm going to just start with you here. Just thoughts on Tottenham Hotspur heading into this match. We don't like them, do we? No. No. no, to be honest with you, no, I'm don't. not a big fan of Tottenham Hotspur. Just never have been. No, they they played very well against Burnley on. Uh, they did on 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 Sunday. Although Burnley gave them a head start with that you know sleepy bail goal about ten seconds in, and uh, Burnley just couldn't play catch up. You saw I was watching the game today against um, against uh, oh lordy Leicester City, and, and think about yeah, Burnley, I watched it, it too. Yeah, and when they score first, uh, they're very difficult to break down. Leicester, Leicester weren't great tonight, but um, Burnley just seemed to fall apart. But the beauty was you saw this, you know, these glamorous headlines, Gareth Bale is back. Yes. You know, 600. He earns more in one week than I do in 10 years. I mean, really. He should be building sta- stadiums with his pinky for that much money. Um, but he's back. Obviously, you got you got you got Kane and Son in there and, and Dombele, yep. and they played very well. Um, but this is going to be an interesting challenge, very different from the Palace game where Palace, um, you know, wanted us to fall asleep. That's and we right. Did. Uh, the question is, will Mourinho have learnt the lessons of letting the animals loose from the cages and let them loose, or will he be leery of the game? A way where basically the hitters with the counters are fantastic goal by Kane. And then uh, our friend uh, Caballero scored a header to equalize. So it's going to be a good game. And that's right. The result sort of Sheffield United winning tonight. And, um, you know, Newcastle in free fall and Southampton in free fall and Brighton in free fall. This is a chance for us to get three vital points. I totally agree, Giannis. I'll give my prediction in just a bit. But I'm actually feeling pretty good about this match. And part of it has to do with what I'll be talking about in just a second. But before we do that, Let's focus on Mourinho because I think this is also going to factor into this match. Like you just mentioned, what will he do and what will Parker do? So what what are your thoughts on Mourinho? Because uh, I actually did a, a video just a, a little bit for a YouTube channel that talks about Spurs. And I got some blowback because I was negative on Mourinho. Well, I think Mourinho was, plays negative. So... Have you seen any changes since the first time the teams played? We're going to talk about the first matchup, but do you still see Spurs playing similarly, or do you see any differences? Well, I think Mourinho would be really good at um, transporting kids to school because he parks buses most games. Um, it was funny watching Tottenham on Sunday because it was let the hounds loose, and I think I'm I'm yes. only convinced, but that I believe only happened because they scored two three goals early. I think it would have been the same old. The same old, same old. They've got all that talent. And um, I don't know if you caught 
and I think a lot of viewers uh, or listeners would have caught the interchange between Jamie Redknapp and Harry and um, Roy Keane at the weekend. I heard some talk about it, but I did not hear it. If you go onto YouTube, it's 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 well worth watching because Roy Keane's um, point, uh, um, Jamie Redknapp's point is that he thinks that uh, Tottenham have the potential to be a great side in top four. And Roy Keane fundamentally disagreed. And one of the points that Roy made that I thought was really, really intuitive, um, Jamie Redknapp said, well, Tottenham's full of international players. To which Roy said, well, just because you're an international player doesn't mean you're any good. Um and I just I thought about it. Okay, well, yes, because of course at Fulham we have with the international break we're used to players going off and doing their right. thing to play for their countries. But then you think of some of the players that have played for us who were international players, and you go, well, were they very good anyway? So I think of someone like Zveritek. I'm <laughs> just going to use. I remember, uh, yeah, Rafik Halish. You know, um, they were international players. They were, interna- they were international players. I mean, you know, nowadays you can get a game for San Marino if you've got at least one leg. So um, I thought that was a, it was a, it was very interesting. It was pretty pretty strong back and forth. And um, you know, Tottenham have a tremendous amount of talent, but he's so conservative in terms of the way he approaches it. So he'll be delighted with the win over Burnley because they're tricky. But how does he approach playing us? Is he going to go okay, Gareth Song? Harry, go. Right. Or is he going to go, well, hmm, hmm, see how it goes. Because if first 10, 15 minutes, nil-nil, yep. he's going he's gonna to say, right, we're going to try and take you on the counter-attack. It, we've got a smaller stadium. We know the dimensions. Yep. We're playing well. And uh, um, I, I don't like I, – I like him as a person. I don't like his style. I think he's got more talent than he knows what to do with. And, and frankly – um, Why do I me, feel that, that it has more to do with him than it does his teams? Yeah, he's a megalomaniac. He's good. I mean, he's good for the game. He's good, he's good for a soundbite and he's good for a laugh. But they're what ninth, tenth in the division. Yeah. I mean, Harry Kane. Harry Kane is one of the best strikers on the planet. Oh, hands down. Son is, is a brilliant player. Bale. I'm good. To, it's glad, I'm glad to see he's getting his feet back. But a lot of lot of talent, and uh, it's a bit like Arsenal. You look at Arsenal, you go. Well, you know, the, the, let's call it the way it is. It's mid-table. It's mid-table. Right. Mid-table mediocrity. So, um, you know, he um, even in the week he said something about, you know, I want to be remembered because I did great things for Tottenham. Well, you've not won anything yet. Nope. You have not. I mean, Arteta won two trophies last year. It was Jose. Um, well, I, I think know. he was brought there to win trophies. And right now. <laughs> We'll see. You know, again, I mean, that's that's the issue with with him going. You know, it's funny. We did a, a prior show with uh, my friend Kevin, and uh, you know, you know, it's funny because Kevin, host of the EPL Roundtable, he wanted to join us. He just couldn't join us today, unfortunately. And uh, he actually said to me, Giannis, because I know he enjoyed doing the show. He wants to do another show, so he wants us to stay in the league so he can do another show with us. He absolutely could not do the show tonight. But I remember him being very critical of Mourinho, and it's and it's actually it's funny you mentioned. And, and my my apologies off the off the bat now because you mentioned Kevin. Big, uh, I was going to say something about the story about um, Kevin McDonald, Captain yeah. Kevin. Oh yes, yes, and um, you know thoughts thoughts are with him. And, Absolutely, and I should have started by talking about Kevin McDonald. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's uh, he's done. I mean he's you know he's obviously drifted out of the, you know the um, the lineup sometime last year, but he scored vital goals for us, did a job for us. He's not Premier League quality anymore, but there are always mitigating circumstances that can contribute to that. And we find out he's been ill. And, um, you know, everybody that you see on the media, even Mourinho mentioned him in the, in the presser today. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, his respect for him because his boy went through the academy at Fulham. Yeah. And um, just hoping for the best because he's obviously a, he's a quality guy. And he's done absolutely. For Fulham and which is great. But I, I, yeah, I, I think that Mourinho, you know, Pep has gone out and Pep has walked, t- walked the walk, took the talk. Yep. Klopp, Kloppy has done it. Um, Brendan Rodgers has done it to an extent, but with less resources. But um, Mourinho with Tottenham, I think, uh, um, un- uh, I think are underachieving. And call me Nancy if it isn't so. Okay, very good there, my friend. All right. Let's get into oh, one final thing. And I'm glad that you brought up Kevin McDonald because, again, uh, I'm just glad that he – came out, you know, and um, came out publicly and talked about it. It's, it's a difficult subject. And uh, I 
I should have started the show by mentioning. So um, thoughts and prayers with you, Kevin. And I just hope you, you know, uh, everything goes well for you. You're a good guy. You, you are a great Fulham player. And I'm, and I'll say the word great from that time. Yeah. You, you were, you were great for the club and, and you've, as you said in, in the uh, interview, you know, Fulham's your club too. And uh, you, and you, and uh, you'll be remembered as a Fulham player. You'll be remembered your time in other places, but Fulham fans will always remember you. And we just wish the best for you. So I'm glad that you mentioned that, Yanis. Okay. They meant that. Let's move on. And this is where I want to focus next before we really break down this match, because I think this is a po- place where one of the reasons why I'm feeling good about this upcoming game, the first match between these two teams. Yanis, I went back and I watched highlights of the match that was a – at the, uh, just just a little while ago, wasn't that long ago, and um, I'm going to say it. Fulham had an opportunity to win this match, not just get a point. They got a point, but there were times during this match where I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe they should have done better, and it actually gives me hope coming into this match because I'm hoping that Scott can look at this, learn from it, take what he's learned, and apply it for the players in this upcoming match, because I think there's an opportunity here, not just to get a point, but beat Spurs. What did you learn from this first matchup between these two teams? Well, I thought we played, it's it sort of, it was similar to the game of the, against Palace, but a little longer. In the first eight, nine minutes against Palace at home, we, we played well and then they hit us with Riedewald and, the, and then that was the end of the show. And I thought we did a good job going at them at their ground, and then there was that absolutely brilliant counter-attacking goal that with uh, the headed goal from Kane, which was just world-class, superb. Uh, but we didn't we didn't hang our heads. We we kept going and we kept fighting. And, and the one thing I think that Scott has instilled into the players is it doesn't matter. You can look at names in a team sheet, and you can see them out there, and you can be envious. Yep. But the fact is, you can compete with anyone you want. And if you you can control you control the mechanism every time you cross the white lines. And you, if everybody does their job, then we're capable of competing with most, if not all, teams in the division. And I thought the comeback. I mean, it was was super. It was unlike you know unlikely to sort that it was going to be um, Cavaliero to get the goal. But I thought we had chances to win that. And I thought that's we, right. We seem we seem you know we're unbeaten in seven away from home, and I think we we've looked very comfortable away from home. And I. You know, um, sometimes it's it's we bemoan the lack of fans, but for some players, not having fans in the stands has been a great thing. I mean, case in point, last year, if you look at Everton, um, Calvert Lewin got a, a lot of stick from the Evertonians last last That's year. That's right. But this year, with no fans, he's just it seems to have taken off because there seems to be less pressure on a lot of players and they're, and, and they're performing. So. Um, I thought we played well in that game, and uh, I don't see I don't see anything in their lineup that should scare us, providing we keep it tight first ten fifteen. We we if we don't, uh, they'll come in waves. But if we do, we plant, plant a few seeds of uncertainty, and I think we've got enough to take them on the um, the counter. And I think it's going to be a good game. It'll be I think the memories of what happened early in the season with the COVID thing as well. Yes, um, I did. Scott, he's not forgotten that. Don't think for a moment he's forgotten that, that nonsense about, well, but, you know, we're not Spurs. We don't have the resources. You look at our bench and you can just say, holy crap. I mean, there's not a lot there, is it really? Yes, I, I heard criticism today on, like, this YouTube video and some of the comments going back and talking about that, basically complaining of why we were not willing to play that match. And, again, Fulham players got COVID, and honestly, Tottenham players could have had it if they did if they played that match that day. So, are you you know again? I understand that you want to see your team play, Giannis. I, I get all that, but the right decision was made not to play that game that day. Well, any of the Tottenham supporters who think think um, that we were trying to do something conniving of village idiots, and you can quote me on that. The simple reason that the reason you don't have fans in the stands right now is because you don't want to compromise the safety of fans in the in stadium. Right. It's a it's a it's a it's a national government plan that was made out, and every single club is going through it right now. It is it is what it is. The fact of the matter is, you got players. Uh, uh, many clubs have been really struck down by COVID. It's um it, it, it's a nasty nasty virus. Uh, it's killed obviously many many people, and um, it can hit you. There's no. Uh, in many ways, it's it's like cancer because it's non-discriminatory. So 
um, if the safety protocols were such that we didn't enough have enough players to play that Wednesday because it was in consultation with local health officials, that's it. The idiots out there who think there was something, shut up and stick your head down a toilet full of turds. Because at the end of the day, if, if a player dies, if a player dies because of this, then then what are you going to do? You can say, oh, no, what, what, what's, what was done, what wasn't done? We're seeing it in basketball. We're seeing it yeah. in hockey. We've seen it in cricket, in bubbles. It's happening all around the world, and we're not there. We miss it, but we can't compromise the safety of the player. So it, exactly, it, it's exactly. The right one. Yeah, and you yeah. know, I saw the criticism, and I just thought to myself, I, I I don't get it because again, player safety first. It was the right decision, and uh, if you're upset that your team only got a draw against Fulham, you should be more upset about your team than the Fulham absolutely. players. Uh, and absolutely. Scott Parker, you should be you should be upset at them, not at Fulham, because again. The right decision was made. They're, if they were putting everyone first, safety first, that should be the number one thing. And I'm glad that we're, I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about that, Yanis, because again, I'm, again, I'm, I was a little bit surprised that even today I saw comments on that. Okay, coming up next, Yanis and I break down this match, and we will predict it at the end of the show. Okay, Yanis, so let's start here. I think I know the answer to this because I'm going to say it for you. I think it has to be Sohn and Kane, right? But who else? Because, again, we, we can always point at them, but are there other players that concern you? Because I, I think that's usually the starting point. They've got a lot of, they've got a lot of weapons, but they've got, a, they've got a couple of potential Achilles heels. I mean, the, 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 Son, of course, Kane, world-class, 27 years of age. I don't know how much if, – if any Spurs fans are watching this, you better, better enjoy him while you can because – a year from now, he's going to be gone. If he's got any sense, he'll go to a top, top club. He won't be staying at Spurs, not for any time anytime soon. Bale's going to be gone, so you, can, you guys can stop crying. 600,000 a week. He played well. Um, he's played well the last few games. Yep. But, you know, one swallow doesn't make a summer. He gets paid an awful amount of money. Um, I do like, I have to tell you, I do like the central midfielder. Um, Hoy Pierre was a tremendous oh, signing from South Yeah, a super player. And Dombele... Um, I thought was unlucky last year because uh, he, he caught the Delhi Ali Mourinho curse, which is he gets pissed off with him and he benches him for half a season. He, he's having a fantastic game and he takes him off after 70 minutes. So, and even against Burnley, I thought Lucas Moura played well. So they've got, I mean, that that technically, that front six can cause you damage. It, I mean, against Burnley, they played with Bale, Lucas yep. and Son and Kane in front with Hoybier and Ndombele behind him. Um that's they're going to be. Those are the six. They're all very, very good players. Where I think their Achilles heel is, is I'm not. A, Aurier is um, a nanosecond away from a red card. Okay. Um, because he's 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 volatile. I'm not, still not convinced about Reguilon and Larice. For me, um, is um, I think is slightly overrated. Um, I think I mean he's an international goalkeeper for France. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's brilliant on crosses. I don't think he's great with the communication at the back. Um, and I just I think there's a weakness there if we get past the central two where we can cause some problems if we overload the wings I think we can, we can have some fun with them. Okay, what are your thoughts from this from Daniel Cronrath? Kane and Son are effectively their only threats. The rest of the club isn't any better than FFC. Uh, Daniel's point is a good one. I I wouldn't um, I certainly wouldn't. I mean, Bale had an excellent game against Burnley. Um, I mean, that first one was a, was a that first goal was a disaster because the Burnley back four completely stopped, which is... And Chris is he plays is, is a key player. Right? Yeah, Bale is a key player. You've got to watch him because he started out on the left, then he drifted to the right, then he started coming in the middle. So they've given him a bit of a utility role. Um, Lucas Moura, I don't, I, don't, I don't underestimate him. I think, he's, I think he's a good player. And that's why a lot of Spuds fans are annoyed at Tottenham because with all the talent they do have, they should be, they should be where Leicester are. Leicester, to me, I watched the game today. Why I put it down the Mourinho. This goes back to that argument that Mourinho thing. Tottenham's supporter came at me because I said I think you have to put some of this on Mourinho. Yeah, I think you. I think um, just adjusting it. I don't know what Mourinho's status is going to be in the end of the season um, because there are a lot of good managers out there that you could you could get in to, to come in and do a job. The the one job person who's not in a job right now who I think is going to be the next Palace manager is Eddie Howe. 
But in terms of the way he develops players, he'd, I think he'd, be, he'd actually be a more than decent fit for Tottenham. It wouldn't be the sexy kind of name that they'd necessarily want. Right. Um, but what he did down at AFC Bournemouth was, was, was absolutely magnificent. You've seen the effects since he's left. I mean, yep. they're, not, they're not having their way in the championship no. the, the way they'd want. Um, but, I mean, it was mentioned now, Robin talked about Lucas Moore. Yeah, I, yep. yeah, he's, yeah he's a... He's a yeah, he's, he's he's a good player, underrated. Needs confidence player, needs goals, um, but really, it's an insult at the mid table. They should be much, much higher. I agree. New stadium. They've spent a lot of money getting bail. I thought was a, a massive risk for someone who basically hasn't played for the last two years. And um, I, I think, uh, I think, I think Tottenham fans often are deluded because they 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 seem to think they've got the um, this raison d'être. Um, to be, you know, they're a big club because they've got a big stadium, a big following, a bit like Newcastle, and it's not, it doesn't, and it doesn't work, it doesn't work like that. It, it, no, it doesn't, no, it doesn't. Just because you've got more fans than anyone, that you have to be a big club, and then you laugh at clubs like ours and Palace and and I don't know, say a, a Bournemouth or a, you know a Sheffield United. No, it's not that. That's not the way it works. No, nope. and. Um, You've had the best of everything. You've got a lovely stadium, but you, you play crap football and you're in mid-table. And unless they win something this year, I'm sorry, this season's been a failure for them. And considering what we, the changes we've had to make, yep. we've done okay. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, for me, it starts right at the top. It starts at Daniel Levy. His decision to bring in Mourinho and the way that he's run that club, you know, you can look at it two ways. You could say he's, you know – it starts at the top. You know, they they get to a certain point. Now he wants to win trophies, so he brings in Mourinho. But I don't know. I don't know. You know, it, there's a lot of blame to, to go when it, when it comes there. But, you know, again, you can call yourself a big club. But at some point, Giannis, I think you should – if you want to be a big club, shouldn't you win something? And they have it. And they, no, have, they have it. So. No, they haven't. They, they, no, they, they haven't. Like United, Man United, the last few you know, years, semi-finals. I have a lot of respect things. for a lot of these players. I do. I, I, I think that there's a lot of talent on this side. I, I've liked them over the years watching the way that they play, but something just has never really taken them to that next level to be, like you said, a, a team that wins trophies. When they win, when they win trophies, I, I guess maybe then you can t- have that moniker as a really big club. But, you know, so you do. You know, and they're chasing it. I think that's the reason why Mourinho was brought on. But when you look at them, you know, I look at the coach, the players, but I also look at who runs the ship. And Daniel Levy runs the ship. And, uh, you know, you know, you can have your own view on him. But, again, he's take you know, w- with him owning the club, they've, you know, like I said, they have a beautiful stadium. They have talented teams. They haven't won anything. That's the bottom line. That's, That's the right. Way hey, we've won more than them in the last two years. We won two cha- two championship playoff games. Okay. So, I mean, I know we had to get relegated to do it, but but you know what? We're just a humble little club born in 1879. That's what we do. We're Fulham St. Andrews. That's what we do. And we don't, we're no, no bells, no whistles. We're a family club. And, and this arrogance, it just, I mean, yep. I go back to Clinton Dempsey and the, the mess oh, there. Get me started. Dembele, Ryan, I mean, honestly, like, See, I have I have this thing about Spurs that involves those three players. And, you know, and again, in the case of Moussa Dembele, he's worked out. But again, they were hard on him. They were hard on all three of these players. I'm talking about the reaction from, from the Tottenham supporters. So I guess I have some issues on, on my end because um, these are three players that, again, were so good for Fulham. And uh, they were given a pretty hard ride. And, and Ryan Sessegnon... Last season, given a hard ride there. They didn't get behind. I didn't feel that they got behind him. I think that they really went after him. You know, again, every little thing that, that he did, I saw it with Dempsey. You know, I even saw a little bit with Dembele in the beginning. And I I thought that um this was not the right place for Ryan Sassignon. And and um we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens. But like I said, I have a lot of respect for the players that are out there. But, you know, again... When it comes to Spurs, I have this issue, and it involves a lot of the Fulham players. But I do, I do want to share this because uh, this goes to my po- point. Spurs have definitely underachieved this season. Yes, I think you would agree with me on that. Oh God, yes, uh, absolutely. All that talent, all that money, all the wages, all the thing. I mean, it's funny. 
if you ask Chelsea fans who who they hate the most, they might they may say Spurs. Yeah, but uh, but Arsenal would be Spurs too. Now, what yeah, we don't like. But I, I yeah. actually think I dislike. I think I despise Spurs more than Chelsea. I, I can't remember. <laughs> no, 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 seriously. I just it's just the whole way that the club is operated, and there's this abject level of arrogance. Yeah, and and, and I just and it's like. Shut yes, up. I've said it to you. For, for me, growing up in Boston, it's like being a New York Yankees fan. The way that, that the way that Patriots Patriots fans, the way the Red Sox fans had to deal with with Yankees fans, and that's why that's also part of the reason why when people call me a Yankee, it drives me crazy. By the way. If you really want to get underneath my skin, call me a Yank, and I'm sure someone will do that. But it comes to, to that that arrogance that the Yankees fans have, and the Spurs fans ha- have it too. You know, listen, I know some great Spurs fans, so I just want to mention it's not everyone. But I'm just telling you that it also deals, for me, a lot to do with with the phone players that went to Spurs, and I thought that they were, you know, and again, they were given a tough ride. All three of the ones that we talked about were given a tough ride by the Spurs supporters. They, 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 that's fact. That's fact. They, they were given a tough ride. Anyways, enough talking about that. Unfortunately, we're going to go here now. I'm going to put you in the shoes of a Mourinho. How do Spurs win this match? Come out fast and early. I mean, it's that simple. If, you, if you're going to do your, I'm going to park the number three bus going to Brixton, and you're going to sit there and say, well, and let us come at them, that's fine. The only thing is, of course, that Scotty's, you know, we, we saw in the Battle of the Foxes on Sunday, he did win the battle over the sly old fox. We didn't get three points, but he did win the battle. Yep. So Scotty will just, he'll take what they give us and um, he will set them up. They'll be, they'll, these boys will be pumped. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so he'll be pumped. They, okay. they will be ready for this because there is a little bit of needle between the two sides. Yep. And don't discount this the COVID rubbish. I think there's a little bad blood there, Giannis. There's a bit of bad blood there. And uh, I'm curious to see what our lineup's going to look like because um, I hope the boots are flying. I, mean, I hope Harrison has one of those. Um, I'm, you know, I'd really like to see Harrison really clatter bail in the first couple of minutes. Okay. You know, just, just, just to set – because you set the tone, right? Set the tone. You set the tone I, I, that we're yep. going to come at you and you can come with all your, your fancy little players. But we're, we're – you know, our form has been very good and we're going to respect you, but we're not going to lay down and die. Okay. Because I'm curious, you know, and again, you're, you're Parker. What is, what is going to be your strategy? I want to share this with you because again, this is actually an interesting comment that I just saw. If, Oh, this is from our friend, Robin Pendrel. So I'm going to ask you as Parker, would you, would you press? Because Robin Pendrel says, I hope we don't press them like Burnley did. No, I wouldn't. But I, t- to be fair to Burnley, that's the first time I've seen them come out as cold as a fr- freezer. They they came out very cold. And um, in the first 15 minutes, they were done. And uh, I'm sure Sean Dyche would have been very disappointed because they're so disciplined at the back and midfield yep. dropping. And the, I mean, his his philosophy about defending from the front. I mean, I was even watching today the sort of work that, you know, Vidra, yes, I'm mentioning Vidra. Yep. And even Chris Wood do up front in terms of dropping back to help everybody out. They work harder than they do. every other team. And they just had the that first goal, that bail goal, killed them. They were looking yep. at each other, and I've got the huge amount of respect for you know me and Tarkovsky and um, and Pope, and it just the whole thing felt flat. And okay. it was one of those rare games where you start and before you know it, you're down two or three, and the game's over. Okay, so what would be your strategy, Yanis? I know, I know, we're just talking about what, what should Scotty do tomorrow. I say as we're recording this yeah. on on Wednesday. I say play their game, play Tom and Jerry. Take what you give them, play your game, knock it around the back, get lots of touches on the ball nice and early, see how they're going to draw, see if you can pull them out and, and see if you can get, get behind the, the – but behind – and Dombele, I think Ndombele and, 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 and Hoybier are, are going to be critical and keep an eye on Bale. I mean, one of the things Parker would have Do you think winning was, the central midfield battle is, is, is key here? Yeah, I do, and I think that Harrison Reed's going to be the key to that as well. I think. Okay. I, I, I don't. I, I, I think Mourinho will be leery of Loftus Cheek because okay. um, I mean I saw you know comments and thing about oh when Kearney comes back Loftus Cheek goes no 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 because if you put Kearney in the lineup someone like Mourinho will laugh at him, but if you put Loftus Cheek he'll be like oh, oh what's he going to do now? It just it's just that it's that expectation of what yep. comes next. Yep. And whether we like it or not. Scotty today in the presser, when asked about injuries, did say that, quote, TC's struggling a bit at the moment. He did. 
And that means it could be one of three things. It could be, number one, he's having a, a recurrence of his knee problem. Number two, he's having a problem in terms of the fitness. Or number three, it could be a combination of both. I think it's number one. So I think we're not going to see him until at least after the international break. So whether fans like it or not, Loftus-Cheek is in there. And yep. while he's in there, he has that air unpredictability where he can create something out of nothing. And, you know, unless fans have a better alternative about who we can bring in. No, I think he's fault, I think he's the best you know. situation right now. And uh, And I've said this, and we've talked about this before. I want to see what happens after he scores a goal. Because I think the floodgates open if he scores a goal, but we'll see. You know, I just think that's the one thing he's truly missing. And I, and he's a polarizing topic. When whenever anyone brings up Ruben Loftus Cheek, you get different commentary on it. You know, I just did a show with Mike, and and Mike had some very interesting commentary about how fans view Ruben Loftus Cheek positively and negatively, and uh, it, it, he's polarizing. But I think he can change that with his play on the pitch. If he is active and he starts scoring goals, I think that there'll be a a different perception of Ruben Loftus Cheek. Yeah, and I wonder. That's the I wonder way I'm how, looking at it. And I wonder how many fans out there have conveniently forgotten what it was like to have Berbatov. I mean, yeah. you know, you're, I mean Berbatov at the end. Okay, there were some issues, but when he was on his song, oh, oh man. Like you, you pay big bucks to watch players like that because you don't know what they're going to produce. And it's the goal that, against that, Stoke City. Oh my good God in heaven! What a volley that was! And he's just, just even the way he took penalties, just impudence. Not the half hop, like yep. a like a like a stunted rabbit. You yep. know, go up and just stroll it into the corner. He was brilliant. And um, I, I'm a big fan. I love the chick. I'm gonna. I, I I wish he had more heart, but I love his talent. I love yeah. Yep. And um, you know, he's um, yes, he's polarizing, but I've always liked. Him. I, I'm an old school guy, and I do like players that can bring, bring a little bit of panache, and, you know, joie de vivre. That's why yep. I was a big Brian Ruiz fan. Brian Ruiz talk about another him, polarizing he, player. He was, but man, he could. I mean, he he scored goals on his day, on his day when he was on, when he was on. But but unfortunately, there weren't enough of those days, Janice, and I think you'll no, you'll, you'll, yeah, <laughs> you'll agree with that. Okay, sure. all right. This to me is going to be. Really, what I want to know from you, because starting eleven, but especially the formation, because when I look at this, I think this goes back to what will Parker do, Giannis, against the big sides. He has played three at the back. Will he do it at Craven Cottage? Will Will he do it again, or will he continue with playing a flat back four, which I think has worked well? Will he do it? Which formation do you think he's going to go with? What formation would you go with? And what starting 11 would you go with? This is actually a very interesting topic right now. Starting 11 formation, go. I have made copious notes to predict both lineups. So I'm going to start with Fulham, of course. Alphonse, the man, starts for me. Okay. Um, I think we go 4-2-3-1. I think we go... Okay, I actually predicted 4-2-3-1 on another show. Four two three one. We go with okay. Tete, Tete at right, um, Ola at, at left. Chris big, is agreeing with four two three one. Okay. Big Joachim and Tosin in the middle. Okay. Um, uh, uh, big boy Harris in the middle with Big Zambo, Big Frank, and up front I go Dekadova, Reed, Loftus Cheek, and Lookman with with Madger up front. Um, I still pick Madger, um, but um, that's the one I'm. That's funny enough. That's the one I'm hedging on. That's okay. the one I'm hedging on because I'm wondering if. Uh, he could start with Mitro. I'm going to say no. Okay. Um, but Mitro is now an option off the bench. The four-two-three-one works. I think it's going to. You got a lot of. You got a lot of. Um, you got the workmanship in the middle. I think defensively we're pretty solid. Okay. And up front we're going to give them. Some, we should give them some problems with mobility. Okay. So you would not start Mitro. No, I wouldn't. No, I. I no, I wouldn't. I, and to me, I will admit it's a fifty-one forty-nine for me. It's very okay. split, um, but I think let's give him let's give him a runner up at uh, Anfield, where I which I think is actually a more winnable game than tomorrow. I think okay. I think we're going to cause problems up there. I really do. Okay, well I think we're going to cause problems, but I actually I'll give you my prediction in a second. But Giannis, let's go to your prediction. And if anyone's watching live, we we have, we have some people watching live. Feel free to share your prediction in the comment section. Give it to me, Giannis. Nil, nil. 
oh man, another nil nil, Giannis. You're going nil nil. I know. And what's scary is that you've been I pretty know. spot on, on on a lot of these predictions. So okay, so you're going I, you're going I, nil nil. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go nil nil. But uh, I think we're going to ask a lot of questions. And this is the game that I think I'd be pleased with the draw because I think Liverpool on Sunday is a more winnable game for me. I really think we'll, we can win up at, up at Anfield. I really do. I, I okay. know. But I, I, um, sp- if we can hold it first 10, 15 minutes, I think we're going to make it tight. I think they'll start to panic. I think that Mourinho may make a tactical change. I'm going to predict that Ndombele won't start tomorrow. I think he'll okay. start... With Deli Ali in the middle. Oh, here. okay. And Ali has played well, and yep. I think he'd look to rotate that squad um, okay. slightly. And I think that um, that's going to be my prediction that Ali comes in for um, Ndombele. Okay. Well, here are the predictions coming in, so I'm going to share some of them. And uh, a lot of them are, are predicting Spurs. We got my friend Chris Spurs win one nil. They're just they're coming. Coming pretty fast, so I'll try to keep up with Liverpool some of these. Three, Let's go. One nil to Spurs. Let's see what we got here. Two to one form. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. Let's see. Kamal's going one one or two to one in our favor. I think we have a point to prove yet again. I agree with that. I think I definitely think we have a point to prove, and that's going to go to my prediction. This goes back to what you said before. I think there is a little bit of bad blood here, Giannis. I I agree with that. But I think that Scott Parker is going to learn the lessons from the first time we played. I think he'll be ready for this team. He knows this team very well. He does. He knows this team very well. I think it's also a little bit personal there. So I'm going to say, and I've already predicted it, so this isn't going to be a shock. I'm going 2-1 to one to Fulham. Robin, I'm going with you. I'm going 2-1 to one to Fulham. I think Fulham are going to do it, Giannis. I really do. And uh, I know all the talent that Spurs have. I, I respect it. I respect Spurs. I do. I just think Fulham are going to win this. I, I just have a feeling that they're going to get through the first half. I think they're going to be caged in the first half. And I think you're going to see something similar to, to the first time, but I think they're going to score two goals this time. I'm going two to wonderful. Well, I would oh. predict, and a message for the Spurs fans, that if the game finishes nil-nil, that means the halftime score was nil-nil. Just so, that, just so they know. <laughs> okay. In case they haven't figured it. I mean, I just, I'm just helping them, Russ. I got it. I got it. (laughs) Okay, my friend. Listen, to end the show, and I mentioned this, uh, one of our regular listeners, and uh, he's on Twitter, he messaged me, and uh, he had a couple uh, questions because he's a big fan of Giannis, so I I wanted to share this. So so here we go. First of all, this is from our friend Denim FFC on Twitter. Is Fulham's mini revival... Defense, young manager, newsstand, potentially the beginning of a new era for us if we stay up, of, co- of course. My answer is yes. Giannis, to you. Yes, absolutely, except for one thing. We need a, we need a director of football. Okay. Something okay. that happened today in the press of Russell, I thought, and I actually felt sad after it. I will okay, go ahead. Scotty was asked, um, you know, how do you feel about the fact that, that this squad could be ripped apart at the end of this? I know the season because you've got a lot of loanies, and you could see the lament. And he said, "Yeah, well, da da da, we may have to have a clean slate." And I suddenly thought, if you look at this lineup right now and what great things that we've done, it actually saddens me to think that a lot of player, these players may not be here because we've really now identified them as a, a yeah. really big team, and it suddenly. Hit hard. It would be very sad if this team is broken up like that. It, it would. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, because we. I've been thinking a... about it a great deal. That yeah, would sad me. It would because you're. I really at... like this team. I do too. And so that means no Ariola, no Anderson, um, no Tete, no Lamina, no Maja, no Lookman. Giannis, Giannis, my my first order of business if they do survive is you sign as many of these guys as possible, and I start with Anderson. And Ariola, that's where I start, you know. And I know that they don't have an option on Anderson. I, I do everything I can to get Anderson to get him in. to get him to, to get him in to to make a deal. Because again, it's a situation that you're under. I, I understand where you're going on this, but uh, it's actually a very sad thing to think about because I think you know. Again, I I predict Fulham are going to survive and if they do that's what i'm doing i'm going after anderson and ariel those those are my first orders of business i look at all of them you know i want i want to bring the band back together again i try to get as many as i can 
Yeah. But um, yeah, absolutely. But, I think we become a very tough, get, very tough team next year. And then, and, and then, and then, what you do? You build from that point. You do what I hate to say, what Aston Villa did. You just survive and you build on on that. But you have to bring back a lot of these players. So, I I agree with you, my friend. If if for some reason we do stay up, and I hope that we do, and I'm predicting that they do, I think um, I think you can really do some damage of of pushing forward and and uh, and being in this Premier League for a long time. I, I I but a lot of work has to be done. I agree with that. Here's um here's a second of of his uh, topics there. Is Parker the most underrated manager in the league? What are your thoughts on that? It's a great question. It's funny we were talking about this in the house. I mean, Sean Dyche has done a brilliant job at Burnley, but does but does Parker get enough credit? I'm curious. No, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. And I'd say arguably he's the most likable manager in the in, in the division. The one thing that I love about him is is he, he, you know you hear him in the press and in the presses and he talks about. You know, looking at the other teams around, he says, "I don't care. We control our our, our mechanism." That's right. That's right. But, you hear the, but you hear the same players, and the, you hear the same messages from the players. That's right. They're, just, they're not concerned about. Well, I think other results. I think partners say, well, "What happens if I go to bed and I'm relying on this team to win, and and then I know that I've got to win tomorrow? You know, then then I lose light sleep." And so he, I think, I mean, you know, attitude reflects leadership, and the attitude is reflected from the leadership. He's somebody who. Um, uh, struck me as an extremely thoughtful manager, yep. very very low key, but someone who works, who does have an edge. Don't yep. do, I mean, we've seen that. Yep. But someone who, who trusts his players and is very quick to show that. And and you know, the, the one thing uh, I think back to Lookman, the Lookman penalty against West Ham, because as upset as he was, and I think everybody was upset. Afterwards, his response was, "The lad made a mistake, and he won't be doing that again." And, and we move on. We learn from that. And I thought that was um, that is a sort of comment you'd expect from a, a Pep or, or a Klopp. Uh, he's going to go on to bigger and better things, and great. He's going to go on to great things. I I, um, I think uh, if we get relegated, we stick with him. Um, I think that at some point something has to break. Because yeah. Daddy Daddy Khan is going to look at this and go, well, look at how much success we had, but we we got so many loans in so late, and by then we were zero and five. Take just give us one of those. I mean, honestly, I mean, Arsenal I can live with. Leeds, yeah, Palace, we were terrible. Villa, we were worse. We can beat Villa now. Look how far we've come. Somebody has to say, look, why did why did this happen? Okay, this shouldn't have happened. Well. So. Here, here are my thoughts on this. You know, and again, listen. You you can give praise and you can give criticism for everything that's been done. It's all, it's all fair game. In that position, Tony deserves criticism when when uh, when it's needed. And uh, and you know, and again, but on the flip side, you know, you could say you know he deserves praise for some of the players that that have come in as well. So I understand both sides of it. But I will say this. And you're going to agree with me on this because I was actually talking to someone about this today. My friend Steve Reynolds in Spain. I said this to him. What is going on now? One of the reasons why Fulham have gone the loan route is we are paying the dues for two seasons ago. of paying £100 million. We are now paying it because this is this has to do with financial fair play. And the mistakes of two seasons ago, we're not these other clubs that can afford to make these big mistakes, Giannis. We're talking Surrey. Now, again, I wanted them to bring in Surrey, but of the money that you spent, we are now seeing the other side of it. That's why you're seeing all the loans. It really started two seasons ago. So the mistakes of two seasons ago have shown up now. That's why these are all loans. Would you agree with me? Uh, absolutely, and and what I really like about how Scotty has done this is he's built up his portfolio and he's built built up a rep, social and reputational capital. So if you look at um, if you look at someone like uh, Frank Lampard, Frank Lampard was at Derby, and we know what happened there. And he came to Chelsea, but he didn't build anything in terms of you know anything from the bottom up. He did okay with the, the young players last year, but we know what happened this year. If you look at even someone like Stevie Gerrard up at Rangers, 
Yep. And they're going to win the league, and they're probably going to go unbeaten. Um, mind you, it is Scottish Premier League, but he's done yep. brilliant stuff there. Don't get me wrong. But I, th- I believe that the job that Scotty has done is better than the one Stevie G has done. And Stevie's done a magnificent job. The last 16 of the Europa right. League. Um, I mean, Celtic were going for 10 in a row. Neil Lennon's gone, blah, 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 blah. But yep. what Scotty has done to build from the rubble of earlier this season, or really from two years ago, last right. game of the season was Newcastle United. We lost 4 nothing at home. First game of the following season was Barnsley away. By the way, don't look now. Barnsley is sixth in the in the championship. That's wow. an unbelievable story altogether. But he had to rebuild that and go through all the trials and tribulations. Plus, you had the COVID to get us to Wembley to yep. play a team we weren't supposed to get anything off to do He's it. underrated. He's underrated. Underrated. To come here and have literally no players, having Tim Ream and Hector at the back. Well, we know the back foot. Okay, right. Yeah. And then to take the rubble to go where we are now, where everybody's talking about the recent upsurge in Fulham, Fulham's form, Fulham's defensive play, Fulham's discipline, Fulham's um, attention to detail, Scotty Parker, this stuff. And um, on on a a budget where he can't even get players in is is, is magnificent. And he's done it. Oh, it is. You know, you know, and again, you know, when I look at this, and, and, uh, and I'm glad that we're talking about Parker, but we're also talking about Tony as well. And like I said, in one way, I want to give Tony credit for getting these players in because, again, these players, I, I think, have been the right players. But he was forced to do this on loan from prior mistakes. And, you know, it's like that catch-22 because um, we have to hope that Fulham stay in this division to hopefully, like I said, maybe bring this band back together again. This is how they had to do it. I do like... The moves I do like some of these moves. I do like getting Robinson for for low money. I do like getting getting uh, Tosin for very low money. Okay, so some of the moves I do like, but I have to think about it. I and I thought about it. I'm like, why were we in this situation? Why were we forced to do all these loans? And it goes back to, you know, the money that has been paid out before. It goes back to financial fair play. And if there's one thing I, I want to, you know, and again. I understand why everyone criticizes Tony. I've criticized him, but I want to give him credit for one thing. And if you want to come at me for this, that that's fine. Actually, in a video, Tony admitted he made mistakes two seasons ago. Okay, he did admit it. So I, I do want you know I, I do want to mention that. But these were mistakes that I think Fulmer paying for. Yeah, and the only thing that, of course, is that you know, <laughs> weekly we get bombarded on Twitter. And other social media platforms with Tony standing with his AEW. You know what I'm going to say, right? I mean, it's just horrendous. I mean, Giannis, Giannis, I I'll say it again. I'll, I will say this for the, for the hundredth time. Tony has a Twitter account. Tony yes. should not be tweeting about form. If he wants to tweet about AEW, you know, you know, oh. if listen, you know, if I'm in charge, I'm saying take him off of Twitter. I've, I've already said for all together, but he is promoting his wrestling, it does not look good. I'll, I'll be the first to say it. I would say just get off Twitter, but that's just that's just how I am. I said just get off Twitter. No, I well, I mean, get I, off I, Twitter. I, get, get off get social off media. Just get off yeah. social media altogether just, because you're not doing yourself any favors by tweeting about AEW. You, you, you're not doing yeah. your you're we not doing yourself any favors. We don't care. Nor do the Jacksonville Jaguars fans take care. Same either. thing. Same thing. They don't care either. They don't care about form. You know, you know. Well, I shouldn't say that because there are a lot of Jaguars fans that actually, believe it or not, have become Fulham fans. That's not true. That you know, there are some Jaguar fans that actually have become Fulham fans. So that's not true. I, I I'll, I'll take that one back. But but I understand what you're saying. And um, you know, if you know, you know, I just wish he would get off Twitter. I I, I think I think he'd be better for it. But that's just me. I, I I agree, and and it's if you've any of you out there watched any any of his videos, it's absolutely silly. It's daft. You know, it's as daft as is. It's as I know. Really, it's as daft as saying as saying Mr. Potato Head. Oh, let's not go there. I mean, really. I mean, I mean, and it's like I know. Okay, you're in charge of AEW. Okay, and that's doing well. I get it. Yes, Jacksonville Jaguars are really struggling as a franchise right now. And they've got yep. now going to have the number one pick, brilliant, da-da-da-da-da. And you've got Fulham in the toughest league in the world. Okay? He should just st- he should he should just stick to what he does. It, uh, I know Jamie Carragher I'm not a fan of, but he said, you know yep. what, 
you saw what happened two years ago, Sarah, you mentioned. Just just yep. do your job, stay in the weeds. Um, we've been begging for a striker for months and months and months. Yep. And you know, and we're just we're just we're diehard fans and we want our club. Yeah, I know, I know. You know, I know. You know, and and in all seriousness, and listen, and I'll say it for the hundredth time because some people think that I'm some kind of sympathizer for Tony, and that's just not not true. I mean, I call it the way I see it. If he does something wrong, I say it. If he does something right, I say it. That's just I I call it the way I see it. I, I you know, if there's something positive, I'll, I'll say something positive. Something negative, we're going to talk about it. That's just the way I am, you know. But you know, and I'll just say it again. I've said it a hundred times. I've said it. On, I've said it on this show, Tony. I my, my advice to you: just get off Twitter altogether. That, that yeah. that's it. That's just that's you know. I think you know. I think you'd be better for it. You know, just get off Twitter. Anyways, we finished going off on this little rant, but Ooh. let's wrap this up, my friend. Let's wrap this up for Yanashinez. Let's go and thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.